Welcome, this is Michael Volkoff, and this is episode 249 of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Hello, everyone. Today's episode, we're going to look at the Justice Department's new corporate enforcement policy and review. Uh, this is going to take a little bit of time, and uh, but it's uh, definitely an important event that occurred, uh, and uh, this is almost, I would call it, a new era of compliance and we'll look back on this in terms of some of the ideas that came through here is really uh, some important ideas for compliance, for cr- criminal enforcement against uh, corporations as well. So uh, before we get started on this, uh, just to let you know, we're going to episode 250 is going to be on a new platform, uh, refreshed, rebranded, the new Corruption, Crime and Compliance podcast coming out. You'll hear more about that, and this is our last episode on this podcast um, board, or Blueberry, and uh, we'll be switching to a new one with hopefully some new ideas and new approaches, and hopefully it'll be something you'll uh, find uh, interesting in the world of uh, compliance. So let's talk about this uh, really important development Uh, I've also scheduled a webinar for this in uh, the third week of October. Go to our blog site if you want to sign up, Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Um, The Biden administration promised, as we all know, a new aggressive approach to corporate crime. And the Justice Department just delivered a new and comprehensive policy that raises a number of important issues, some of which are likely to be controversial. But it incorporates reforms announced from last October 2021 that largely centered on prior corporate criminal and civil records, uh, appointment of independent compliance monitors, and uh, expanding review of responsible persons in an internal investigation. The new corporate enforcement policy, I'll call it CEP at times, expands on earlier policy and changes, but includes some new and far-reaching reforms that are intended to increase individual accountability. And this is perhaps the most important part of uh, the new CEP, which is that they're looking for tools to reduce the impact of penalties on um, shareholders and try to impose more penalties on individuals. Uh, as a sort of stronger deterrence so that we don't have uh, settlements that are just viewed as a cost of doing business. It's an interesting idea. Let's see how far they can take it and and what comes from it. Um, It's definitely tailored. It's an attempt to tailor government enforcement actions. And uh, now, but in this process, however, is the impact it's going to have on compliance. And chief compliance officers now face a new requirement for their companies, and we'll get into this, creating an effective system of carrots and sticks to punish misconduct and increase rewards for ethical behavior. It also lays the groundwork for further consideration of corporate responsibility for preserving electronic messaging, ephemeral services, and other electronic data. And this discussion reflects DOJ's frustration with corporate internal investigations that omit access to electronic data, especially in those situations where employees use personal devices for business-related communications. 
The Deputy Attorney General, Lisa Monaco, so we'll call this the Monaco Memo, stated DOJ's intent is to promote consistency across DOJ. Some of the policy establ- policies established new departmental-wide policies, such as guidance on evaluating a corporation's compensation plan, while others supplement and clarify existing policies. So the Monaco memo underscores DOJ's priority in corporate criminal matters to hold accountable individuals who commit and profit from corporate crime. And they view this as the best way to deter illegal behavior and promote public confidence in the justice system. So uh, a few ideas here. Timely disclosures that they talked about. They talked about voluntary disclosures and prioritization of individual investigations. Now, to earn cooperation credit, a corporation must disclose to DOJ all relevant non-privileged facts about individual misconduct. But the Monaco memo cites the difficulties prosecutors experience from delays in disclosures of important information needed to prosecute responsible individuals. In particular, DOJ noted that such delays can result in expiration of statute of limitations, dissipation of corroborating evidence, and other factors. So now, to receive cooperation credit, corporations must produce on a timely basis all relevant non-privileged facts and evidence about individual misconduct such that prosecutors have the opportunity to effectively investigate and prosecute the culpable individuals. If you corporations that identify information and then delay disclosure to DOJ run the risk that they may not be eligible for cooperation credit. Similarly, corporations should swiftly produce and disclose evidence of relevant facts about individual misconduct. So going forward, DOJ prosecutors are going to assess whether the cooperation from the company was timely and uh, provided uh, turning over the relevant data Um, so that uh, there's no frustration in the government's investigation and ability to hold individuals accountable. This is going to be interesting because you may run up against, you may not discover something close to the statute of limitations expiration, so you may have to hurry in and provide this information as quickly as you can. Um, It also, uh, the Monaco memo also encourages prosecutors to complete investigation of culpable individuals prior to or simultaneously with the entry of a corporate resolution. So a lot of times we've seen a company uh, reach, let's say, a settlement, and then afterwards individuals are prosecuted. What the memo is saying now, DOJ, is we're going to try to um, take into account or bring a resolution of the individual cases at the same time. An interesting development, I think, would be a great, um, uh, a great boost to what they're uh, trying to do. Okay, let's talk about um, the impact on compliance and the specific issues. This is a watershed moment as part of DOJ's evolution and advocacy for effective ethics and compliance programs. We've seen prior moments like this, DOJ's adoption of the FCPA guidance, DOJ's issuance of its evolution of corporate compliance programs, and now the Monaco Memo, which takes compliance into a new world with new opportunities and challenges. It starts its discussion of ethics and compliance by noting that compliance programs can have a direct and significant impact on the resolution of a corporate criminal case. 
Prosecutors are directed to evaluate a company's compliance program at the time of the offense and at the time of the resolution. And they're required to evaluate the corporation's commitment to foster compliance at all levels of of the company. So the Monaco memo cites as an example, prosecutors should review how the corporation has incentivized or sanctions employees, executives, and director behavior, including through compensation plans. In addition to the evaluation of corporate compliance programs, which uh, the, the revised edition came out in 2020, the Monaco memo unveils a set of new factors to evaluate a corporation's compliance program and culture relating to compensation structures. And here's the sort of whole new area that is going to be opened up in terms of um, incentives and uh, sanctions. The Monaco memo emphasizes that a company should seek to reward compliance behavior and penalize individuals who engage in misconduct. Companies deter misconduct if they commit to holding individuals who engage in or contribute to criminal misconduct personally accountable. In assessing a company's compensation system, that means compensation agreements, arrangements, and packages incorporate elements such as clawback provisions that enable penalties to be levied against former or current employees, executives, or directors whose direct or supervisory actions or omissions contributed to criminal conduct. In particular, prosecutors should evaluate whether the company's compensation systems allows for retroactive discipline, including the use of clawback measures, partial escrowing of compensation, or equivalent arrangements. Conversely, corporations are able to promote an ethical corporate culture by rewarding those executives and employees who promote compliance within the organization. And the Monaco memo mandates prosecutors to determine whether a corporation's compensation systems provide positive incentives for compliant behavior. DOJ cited a number of examples of affirmative incentive policies applicable to any employee and any subordinates they supervise. The use of compliance metrics and benchmarks and compensation calculations and the use of performance reviews that measure and reward compliance-promoting behavior. As the Monaco memo concluded on this issue, when, quote, when effectively implemented, such provisions incentivize executives and employees to engage in and promote compliant behavior and emphasize the corporation's commitment to its compliance programs and its culture. Prosecutors are directed to look at what happened in practice and not just what was written down, If a corporation has included clawback provisions, prosecutors should determine whether following the corporation's discovery of misconduct, the company actually does try to claw back compensation paid to executives and employees whose actions resulted in or contributed to the criminal conduct. They also, DOJ, articulated another issue for examination in this area, whether a corporation uses or has used non-disclosure or non-disparagement provisions in compensation agreements, severance agreements, or other financial arrangements to inhibit the public disclosure of criminal misconduct by the corporation or its employees. And they, uh, they've directed uh, the criminal division in the Justice Department to develop further guidance by the end of the year to reward corporations that develop and apply compensation clawback policies 
including any other items on how to shift the burden of corporate financial penalties away from shareholders. Turning now to personal devices and third-party applications, the Monaco memo cites the need for companies to monitor the use of personal smartphones, tablets, laptops, and other devices for misconduct and to recover relevant data from them during an investigation. In addition, DOJ noted that there has been an increase in the use of third-party messaging platforms, including the use of ephemeral and encrypted messaging applications, which has frustrated investigators. As part of a review, prosecutors have to consider how companies address the use of personal devices and third-party messaging platforms, and whether the company preserves access to all business-related communications. So that's the sort of new landscape for compliance now, and that obviously raises lots of issues. Um, The Monaco memo went on, however, to uh, discuss um, several other issues that they had previously uh, spoken about in October of 2021, which was how to evaluate a corporation's history of misconduct and Uh, That was one big issue. We already talked about voluntary disclosure, uh, and we've also talked about independent compliance monitors and and the factors now, in a significant step, the Monaco memo sets out the factors to be considered when evaluating whether to assign a monitor. And those are important factors. I'm not planning to go through all of those. But those are sort of other issues that were touched on in the Monaco memo. Now, Following this, what was really interesting is we saw a speech given by the head of the criminal division, uh, and that's Kenneth Polite, and uh, which reinforced some of these new ideas, but also uh, included some other interesting uh, sort of leads on information and where they are going. It's kind of, I look at this as a one-two punch. First, there was the speech and a release of the memo from Lisa Monaco, Uh, And then the criminal division, AAG, Kenneth Polite, followed up with a speech outlining the steps the criminal division intends to take to implement the new corporate enforcement policy. Um, And uh, Kenneth Polite noted that while enforcement efforts are important, you know, DOJ's goal is to prevent corporate crime in the first instance. So that deterrence is a key objective but he also wants to incentivize responsible corporate citizenship. And he brings to this an interesting perspective because he served as a chief compliance officer himself. So with respect to the Monaco memo, he emphasized two specific issues that the criminal division has to address. First, they're tasked to provide additional guidance concerning the use of personal devices, which we spoke about and to develop more tools that can be applied to shift the burden of corporate financial penalties from shareholders onto those to the individuals who were personally responsible. And he also explained the importance of timely disclosure and cooperation in DOJ investigations. And uh, there was a little bit of a concern that even a recidivist, and he wanted to address this issue, could escape Uh, would be forced into a guilty plea, and then what incentive would they have then to voluntarily disclose? And he said that even a recidivist could escape a guilty plea requirement unless the misconduct posed a national security threat or involved deeply pervasive conduct. So um, 
in the going forward, uh, the criminal division is going to apply the following aggravating factors in future cases. If there's involvement by executive management of the company in the misconduct, if there was significant profit to the company from the misconduct or pervasive or egregious misconduct. Unless these factors are present, a company will then have a strong incentive and should have a strong incentive to voluntarily disclose misconduct and cooperate. Now, he also took, took this time to talk about two other important issues. One was the chief compliance officer certification requirement. And there's been some controversy and pushback on this. And he said, in all corporate resolutions, the criminal division is requiring both the CEO and CCO to certify at the end of the term of the agreement that the company's compliance program is reasonably designed, implemented to detect and prevent violations of the law, and is, and is functioning effectively. The intent of this certification requirement is to elevate the status of the CCO in the company to make sure the company addressed compliance issues raised by the CCO. And he emphasized that the message to corporations is invest in and support effective compliance programs and internal controls. He's, he also noted that the requirement has been imposed in two recent major enforcement actions, the first against Glencore and the Brazil-based, the second uh, goal, airline. With respect to the assignment of independent compliance monitors, AAG Polite explained that DOJ insisted on a monitor in the Glencore case because Glencore's new compliance program had not been fully remediated and, uh, and DOJ did not impose a corporate monitor in the Gold case because Gold demonstrated that its anti-corruption program was functioning effectively. Now, the other point that uh, AAG Polite pointed out is that uh, DOJ is creating or putting more resources into understanding compliance and using data analytics to assess compliance programs and in, in using it to in the enforcement area as well. He explained that the criminal division has expanded its in capabilities in this area. They restructured the Corporate Enforcement Compliance and Policy Unit. It's called CCIP, C-E-C-P to include defense lawyers and in-house counsel with experience in compliance monitorships and corporate enforcement matters. He announced the recent hiring of Matt Galvin into the, C the CSIP unit. Matt, probably is known to many of you, served as the global compliance chief of Anheuser-Busch and brings expertise in the use of data analytics. In addition, AAG Polite stated that Glenn Leon, who was a former colleague of mine in the U.S. Attorney's Office, um, and uh, who joined the criminal division as the new fraud section chief. Glenn was the chief ethics and compliance officer for Hewlett Packard Enterprise. So the message is, uh, and I think this was an important message that came out of DOJ. One is here's our new corporate enforcement policy. Here's what the criminal division is going to be doing to uh, you know, rounded out with even more ideas on incentives and compensation systems, and uh, that uh, we encourage you to voluntarily disclose. And if you're going to cooperate, you, you have to cooperate with a focus on individual prosecutions. All in all, a big moment. Uh, this raises new issues for compliance officers, and uh, it should be interesting to see how this is uh, carried out throughout the industries. 
uh, and how the profession adapts and uh, develops expertise in this area. Well, thanks, everyone. Uh, This is the end of episode 249. Like I said, episode 250 will be a new and important uh, transformation in the Corruption, Crime, and Compliance podcast. So hope you enjoy it. We'll see you on the other side with the new, refreshed, and rebranded podcast coming soon. See you next week. See you soon. uh, And stay in touch. Thanks again for listening to Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Please subscribe to the podcast series. The Volkov Law Group believes that every company should have a robust ethics and compliance program. Experience and research show that ethical companies are better performers in the global marketplace. You can learn more about the legal and compliance services we offer at our website, www.volkovlaw.com. You can also follow our award-winning blog, Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, and our podcast series. You can contact Michael Volkov at his email address, mvolkov at volkovlaw.com. As long as you got someone to lay with it, all right. Every day is judgment day. Maybe somewhere down the road away. Somewhere down the road when somebody plays At the end of the line Purple haze Well, it's alright Even when push comes to show Well, it's alright If you got someone to love Well, it's alright Everything will work out fine Well, it's alright We're going to the end of the line I'm just glad to be here, happy to feel that And it don't matter if you're by my side I'm satisfied